Hi, everyone. And first of all, apologies for the rather suboptimal lighting setup. Um, such as life when doing like live streams from the Airbnbs that we're in. We're actually, instead of in Napa, which we've been for a long time now, we're in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. I'm in a different Airbnb. The acoustics in here are a lot better for sound than the Napa one, so that's good. But um, the lighting in here is pretty bad. There's like this very, very bright window behind me. Anyway, uh, getting past all of that nonsense and into the subject of today's video, the question here is um, basically how do you quit a gig or fire a client? And um, that's a pretty interesting question. I haven't uh, had a chance to really like put together notes up front, so I'm freewheeling even a little bit more than usual, but um, I certainly have opinions on this. I have um, done this a number of times over the years, and uh, folks that know me know that I tend to have kind of a hair trigger about um, disqualifying business. Uh, one of the things that will happen over the course of time is you get better and better in sales or discovery calls at identifying poor fit, and then you do less firing or quitting. Um, but, you know, it is a thing that comes up, and um, it's important to have boundaries and things that, you know, you just won't do. So some of the common reasons that you might say fire a client are um, – Things like, you know, maybe sensing that they won't pay you or um, no-brainer type things like maybe they're just kind of abusive or they're changing the scope on you a good bit. Um, but basically any number of things that can make you, like, wake up one day and realize that you're miserable. And maybe most crucially that the prospective income that you're going to get for doing this business simply isn't worth it to you. So in a sense, if it's especially a long-running gig, it might be that you have uh, feelings along the lines of the feelings that you'd have when quitting a job or something. Uh, for a short-term gig, you might just say, like, I was going to quote them about, you know, $5,000, and I'm quickly realizing that it isn't worth the $5,000. So uh, I guess on the other end of that spectrum, if you're really, like, looking to pay your rent or mortgage, you might not be inclined to fire clients. Um, you might just grin and bear it. But let's assume for argument's sake that you can afford to pass on the business or fire the client um, for whatever reason, and you're at that point. You're kind of, you've made the decision. You're not, for my advice on whether you should do it or not, but you're going to do it. Uh, how do you go about doing that is really kind of the question. Um, so first of all, the, the first thing I'll say is throughout um, the whole process, you need to be professional about it. And what I mean by that is I wouldn't, um, advise any of the stuff you might see as like memes or gratifying social media things where you, I don't know, record yourself on a Zoom call telling them off or telling them what you really think, like whether you're going to meme it or not. Um, don't do any of that. Basically, you want to be courteous, polite, professional, and come to them with a sort of message that's along the lines of, I don't think that we're a fit. And frankly, when I do this, um, you know, it might be a little transparent at times, but I say something like, I don't think that I'm a fit for you. I think you need something different than what I offer. I don't get the sense that you're happy with this. You know, whatever might be causing the breakup, um, one of the bits of framing I would do in the context of this be professional is blame yourself. So that's thing one. And I don't mean to say, when I say blame yourself, I don't mean I'm incompetent, I'm horrible, I'm whatever. But rather than saying, you're not a fit for me, you're doing your whatever, um, assume the responsibility uh, yourself. I'm not a fit for you. I'm not what you're looking for, et cetera. 
Um, and I would actually put this through the lens of, as a service provider or freelancer, um, the real question here is why did you fail in discovery not to notice that this wouldn't be a fit? So when I say assume the blame, I mean it earnestly in a sense, like not that you're bad at what you're doing or that you're doing poor service delivery or whatever, but you have decided to break up. You have decided to discontinue the gig. You, you couldn't have forecast that up front. You couldn't have had a better discovery. You know, if the client was, you know, rude and abusive to you on the discovery call, did you think that was going to get better? Now, I'm not um, suggesting that somebody being rude or abusive is somehow your fault, but the mindset that I would adopt is, why didn't I detect up front? I'm a professional service provider. Why didn't I know up front that this wouldn't work out well? And approach it through that lens of blame in the sense that you have sort of a responsibility and discovery to be able to detect and disqualify bad business, and you failed to do that. So that's where you get this kind of like, I'm not the right fit for you, um, you know, it could be something like, I should have uh, understood that your scope was a lot higher. Um, you know, you may not have realized this, but I do a lot of projects like this. I should have recognized in advance that you were underestimating the scope and, you know, I shouldn't have let that happen. And it's on me. I did that. So be courteous and professional and assume uh, the blame for it. But if you've made this decision to fire them, stick by the decision. So even if they kind of walk back and say, oh, no, you know, things are going to change. I'll do this differently or whatever. Um, or they argue with you about it or something. Um, you kind of politely let them know this isn't open for discussion. Um, you know, I'm just informing you uh, what's happening here. I'm not looking to negotiate with you. You know, this is over. It doesn't make sense to continue. And I'm not looking for opinions on that. I accept responsibility. I could have done better discovery. I'm not what you're looking for. I'm not the right person. But no, I'm not going to let you convince me that I am. Um, that only works well if you kind of go along with another tip that I'll give, which is you, um, let's see, you, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, but um, so you want to be professional and then you want to like not walk back what you're doing. But as a professional, you should know what they should do next. It's not working with you. And if they're arguing with you about that, if they want to keep going and you don't want to keep going, you shouldn't just say, tough. You should come to this breakup conversation with the next best option. So that might be, um, I know another freelancer that does similar services that's more in line with what you're looking for. I can make a referral or an introduction. Or, um, you know, here's what you might look for on Upwork if you're going to do this. Or, I don't actually think you should enlist someone to rebuild your website. That's not really the problem here. Um, or you should look for um, somebody in a different geographical location or a different strata of um, fee because you're kind of um, the kind of person you're looking for is going to be too expensive for your budget. So whatever is causing the issue, um, figure that out and figure out what you think they ought to do instead. So never come to this breakup discussion with, you know, um, invective, you're fired, I hate you, like, you know, so you're not being professional if you do that. Um, but you need to give them other options too. I guess that kind of ties in with professionalism, but um, it's important. Otherwise, sticking to your guns just seems kind of, you know, if not petty, like not in their best interest. You always want to be thinking of what's in their best interest. And in terms of yourself, um, 
you, the more and more you're in a particular niche, um, specializing in a particular way, you're getting to know your typical buyers better and better. So it's on you to do good discovery and figure out who's a fit and who isn't as part of your sales process. It's on you to set uh, reasonable boundaries for the engagement and ensure that they're enforced and that you're working well together. And then it's on you as a service provider to figure out what they should do next, even if it isn't working with you. So um, all of that kind of ties together into this idea that um, if you're laying the right groundwork, you're going to be professional, you're going to stick to your guns when you're breaking up with them, and you're going to have other options for them so that they can't really argue. And if you're saying, like, look, I'm not a fit for you, that's not really up for negotiation, but I'm not leaving you hanging. Here are some other things you could do. Now, of course, um, if they really want to continue working with you, they're not going to really readily accept that. Um, they're not going to say, oh, okay, yeah, here's some other things I can do. I'd rather keep working with you, but whatever. You know, they might still give you a hard time, but at least you're giving them a next option. And, you know, if they don't like any of the options you're providing, so be it. Uh, but you could almost say, like, look, you don't even like these next options. You don't like these suggestions. You, you clearly um, don't believe in the advice that I'm giving you here. So, yeah, this isn't a fit. Um, I'm kind of taking away argument points. Um, and, you know, why are you doing all this? Why not just walk away? Well, uh, this person's going to have stuff to say about you one way or the other next time. Now, it might be there's no recovering them from giving you a bad Yelp review or whatever <laughs> happens uh, Upwork. I don't know if they have review systems there. But um, you could at least minimize the chances of that if you just tell someone, um, you know, you kind of flip them the bird and walk away. You're definitely going to have, they're going to have negative things to say about you. If, on the other hand, you give them a bunch of introductions to other people that could help, they're still not going to probably love that, but, you know, they might not go to all the effort of giving you a bad review or bad-mouthing you. Um, so you generally want to maintain this air of professionalism and assuming responsibility. Um, when it comes to firing business, a personal belief of mine and something that I always do that can be, um, it will definitely preserve relationships. People probably won't badmouth you. It can be a little over the top is if I'm breaking up with someone during the course of a project or an engagement of some sorts, it is my policy to give them a full refund. I'm usually in the habit of uh, charging money up front. Uh, I don't really like to try to collect in arrears. It de-risks certain things. But anyway, um, if you haven't collected payment yet, then don't collect payment. If you have already collected payment in full or payment in partial, give them a full refund for that payment. And this is really powerful because it brings home a lot of what I'm saying. Be professional, have other options and recommendations for them, assume some responsibility, like I should have detected that this wasn't a fit. If you're willing to walk away from all of the money of the engagement, what you are saying to them is, I am so done with this that I don't care about the money. You need it more than I do. Now, you're not overtly saying that, but it's a powerful message. If somebody commissions you to like, you know, write a white paper or build a logo for them, and it's a $4,000 project, and you're halfway through it, that's $2,000, and you say, you know what, this isn't a fit, I'm sorry, here's a full refund of what you put down, better luck, here's some people you should call. You're not, uh, it's suddenly you're putting your money where your mouth is, you're saying, I so much don't want to work with you, I'm going to walk away from $2,000. And that um, generally has the effect alone of at least having them not badmouth bad you. I mean, what are they going to say? I've gotten a half-done project that I didn't pay for, or maybe even a full-done project. Like, I've issued, like, full-on refunds. Uh, Policy-wise, like, for hit subscribe, if, um, if a client, like, commissions a blog post, 
and we decide during the course of a trial this isn't worthwhile, we'll often say, look, keep the content. You don't have to pay us a dime. Um, that gets pretty hard. You know, you, you get something of some value, even if it's not perfectly what you were looking for, and you get it for free. And that really is a professional owning. I should have done better discovery. And because I'm assuming responsibility for that, take the work product that I've created and it's yours. Bye. And that incents you to do better next time. Now, if, again, you're in a position where you're struggling to pay the mortgage, none of these things are really options. This all kind of arises um, out of some optionality, out of having a good book of business and, um, you know, runway to walk away from money, which might sound like it comes from a position of privilege, but you create that position of privilege by doing good business, by building up um, a good discovery process, et cetera. But, you know, one of the things I often harp on in these videos is, to do business well, create a position for yourself where you don't need the business. Um, now, that being said, I feel a little bit less um, like I'm going out on a limb with this since we're talking about, you know, a, a person asking a question who's already made the decision. Uh, if you're willing to fire a client, you clearly don't need at least any more business. Uh, you may, you know, if this is like a client you've been doing staff augmentation work for for the last year, I'm not advocating that you issue a refund for a year worth of your work or whatever, but give some concession. You're the one doing the breakup. They're not counting on a breakup. They're counting on your continued work. So in some ways, um, if anybody's going to bear the financial burden of that in the short term, it ought to be you because you're the one ending the relationship. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in particular here that I would give um, Advice-wise, um, I guess to summarize, interpersonally be professional throughout, so don't let them rattle you. Uh, if they get emotional, you know, I'm not suggesting you take abuse. You could say, um, you know, if they're really starting to get worked up on a call in person or something, you could say, like, you know, hey, um, seems like you might need a little time to calm down and, you know, be frank about it. I've uh, actually fired people in the past. Um, there's an interesting book out there called The No Asshole Rule, and that's something I firmly believe in. Hit subscribe um, uh, as a business that we've built is in that camp. And basically the idea is, um, I think the best way to say it is, you know, the customer is always right is not a good philosophy. Um, it's, you know, the customer is often right and um, you want to provide good customer service. But the idea of that book is that whether it's an employee of yours, a contractor or a customer, that putting up with somebody who's toxic creates such a bad um, experience and a bad precedent that even if they're a high-performing employee, you know, high-performing, uh, the cost in terms of morale uh, is out, outweighs whatever benefit. If it's a customer that is um, just making all of your staff miserable, whatever revenue that provides isn't worth um, having a culture where you're sending folks the message that you're willing to let them suffer for the sake of revenue. So um, that if you set in place this rule, um, you know, and pardon the French, that's literally what the book is called. And uh, the author makes the point that he likes it to be uncomfortable because that's what it is and that's what this sort of person creates. So we subscribe to that and walking it all the way back to my point, um, there have been times over the years where people have been, you know, uh, rude or abusive to the writers or staff. It doesn't come up a lot, but what I do in that situation is say we have this rule where we have a zero tolerance policy for insulting or abusive behavior from anyone, including customers. And I'm just reading what you said here, you know, to my staff member as uh, insulting and, you know, I'm sorry. 
I don't mean to leave you in the lurch, but this is the kind of company we're building and we won't put up with this. Um, so you can be firm while being professional, even while taking abuse. And um, interpersonally, it might be hard to do in the moment, but I would bear in mind that you're having a disposition here where you're um, uh, sort of imagining this is a histrionic sort of person and you're saying like, you know, hey, settle down. Uh, I think maybe you need a timeout, a few minutes to go cool down. And I really want to help you, but I'm not going to put up with what you're doing right now. So if you want to talk later after you've had a chance to cool off, let me know. Um, but anyway, I'm done here. So uh, professional doesn't mean letting people walk all over you. Be polite, no matter how awful they are. I mean, this doesn't come up a lot. People don't routinely, um, you know, get worked up like this. But if it does, keep your cool, stay professional, but you don't have to take abuse. Uh, so professional, no matter what, assuming some responsibility that you didn't suss out and discover during the course of engagement that you should have turned down the business, um, you should be um, always mindful of giving them other options so that they're not left in the lurch. And um, you should be willing to put your money where your mouth is and offer them a refund or some kind of financial consideration for the inconvenience that you're creating by not having anticipated that it was a poor fit. Uh, so I think that's really it. I'm trying to think of if there's any like last um, uh, criteria or um, uh, tips that I'd offer in there. Um, you know, if at all possible, if you're not at the end of your rope, I might suggest um, separating the decision to fire a client from like now, meaning if you think you're going to do that, look for a good like inflection point. You know, if it's a long-standing client that you've been doing staff augmentation for, if you can wait till your next discussion about re-upping, uh, then I would do that. If um, you're in flight on a bunch of work and you think you can stick it out until you at least uh, bring some of it across the finish line, sure, do that. I mean, the less you leave them in the lurch, the better. So if it isn't like ultimately the engagement isn't threatening to like utterly destroy you, um, you know, look for a good point to leave it and kind of plan up um, how that's going to go. Uh, rehearse that call if you want. I am an introvert and I like controlling interpersonal situations, at least my part in them as much as I can. So I might well rehearse what I was going to say on some call like that, make notes or maybe even like record a video of myself, like covering some key points. I, you know, I don't know. Um, if you're really uncomfortable and nervous about it, there's certainly options like that. So, you know, go over what you're going to say, um, go over what their objections might be and how you would respond to those objections. So being prepared, uh, for a difficult conversation like that can be um, uh, pretty good for somebody who's not, you know, say an extemporaneous thinker. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my overall guidance on how to go about breaking up with a customer or a client, um, firing a client, if you will. Um, hopefully that helps and there's some actionable things in there and uh, I will catch you next time and uh, from a different location.